okay, if I can do this and I know that he's still alive and he's around me, then I want to help other people with their losses and really help them realize that their loved ones are around too. You're listening to Let's Be Omnist, the show where we are celebrating spiritual diversity, one truth and one story at a time. I'm your host, Michael Anthony, spiritual life coach and intuitive reader from thediviner.life.com. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I am bringing you a topic that has been asked about over and over again. Today, we are talking about mediumship. I've asked Lindsay Marino, international psychic medium, to join me today as we walk through her personal journey of mediumship. For those of you that don't already know Lindsay, here is a bit about her. Lindsay Marino is an international psychic medium, podcast host, and co-author of the number one Amazon best-selling 365 Days of Angel Prayers. Lindsay helps psychic mediums all around the world deepen their gifts and grow their business through her online programs. She earned her psychic mediumship certificate through Lisa Williams International School of Development and has done extensive mentorships with the world-renowned medium Mavis Patilla. She also holds a master's in education from the University of Tampa, which we're going to talk about in just a moment, because in today's episode, Lindsay will explain how the sudden loss of a loved one took her from her original career as an elementary school teacher to now teaching people all over the globe how to tap into their gifts as a psychic medium. Before we dive into this conversation, I would like to remind you that this show is purely funded by my work at thedivinerlife.com the members of my Club Divine family, and of course, by my podcast patrons. Speaking of which, something new, fun, and exciting is coming in season three. If you already love Let's Be Omnist, head over to thedivinerlife.com slash podcast to learn what becoming a patron can do for you. Now go ahead and grab yourself a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, a cup of whatever you'd like, because in the spirit of truth and honesty, here is my conversation with Lindsay Marino. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Lindsay. I am so excited to have you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to talk with you tonight. Thank you. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this for quite a while. I believe that you are one of the best in your field right now. Um, And so I really wanted to make sure that I chatted with someone who knows what they're doing. (laughs) Well, I feel so grateful and honored that that you asked me to be on the show because I can't wait to talk with you about all about everything to, to connect with the other side and different topics. Cool. Well, speaking of which, uh, why don't we take a moment to just let the listeners know who you are and what you do. So if you don't mind, share a little bit about uh, and what's your thing. Yes. So I, my name is Lindsay and I'm actually originally from Boston, the Boston area, but I live in Tampa, Florida and I'm a psychic medium. So I give psychic readings to people that are wanting to know more information about their life or their business. And then I also connect in with people's past loved ones. So for me, this is something that goes against everything that I grew up, um, my beliefs that were, Mm -hmm. they came up when I was a little girl because I grew up Catholic. So I actually went to college and got my undergrad and graduate degree in education. And I was a third grade teacher first for seven years. So it's a big change going from third grade teacher to psychic medium. 
that is quite a change. One that I, um, it's very, hits very close to home. I grew up in a similar Christian church. We bounced back and forth from Catholic to, you know, non-denominational Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, and now I do what I do. So I get that change. Yeah. Why don't, do you mind if I ask, like, how did that, let's just dive right in. Like, how did that come up for you? So since I was a little girl, I was really into angels, saints, and the Blessed Mother. And it wasn't like I attended church every Sunday, but I did go to CCD. And I think I put a lot more pressure on myself where I thought everything was a sin when I was a little girl. And I always wanted to be like St. Catherine of Siena. I'm not sure if you've heard of her, but she used to pray on each step and say the Hail Mary. I did a report on her once at CCD and I felt like I wanted to be like her. So that was my focus um, for a while. And then it was after, just after I graduated from University of Tampa in, in Tampa, Florida, I was, had these plans about my life. You know, we all have these ideas of what our future is going to look like. And I was dating um, my boyfriend, Nick, at the time. And it was my second day of teaching the third grade. We were supposed to meet to babysit for a family friend. And he didn't show up. And he was always on time. And I called his phone several times. And finally, a state trooper picked up. And after going back and forth with him, he finally told me that Nick had passed away in a motorcycle accident. And that's when everything changed in my life. And that's the start of this awakening that I had. My passion was to connect with him and to make sure he was okay. And that's where it started. Wow. That is such a... I'm so sorry, first of all, um, to hear that. But I... I'm just so surprised that you were kind of thrown into it, I guess you could say. Right, exactly. It was like that. It was not something, I, in my head, I was going to retire as a teacher. I had plans um, for my future, and they didn't look the same of you know, what actually happened. So in the beginning, my whole thing was, I want to connect in with Nick. That, that was my purpose, was to connect in with him to make sure she, he was okay. But also, I was just going through the motions of my life, you know, just mm-hmm. getting out of bed to go and teach the third graders. Um, and then all of a sudden, I started to realize how, my, how many signs and the things that were happening to me, the visitations that I experienced with him, and the confirmation that he was around, it mm-hmm. actually helped me. Um, it helped me heal, but also caused me to live in the moment and then realize, okay, if I can do this and I know that he's still alive and he's around me, then I want to help other people with their losses and really help them realize that their loved ones are around too. So that's how it all ignited. And then you start to connect the dots in your life when you were a child. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's why this happened. So it's like you go back in time and realize that there's patterns that have come up, even when we were children, that led us to this point too. That's so interesting. So when you say that um, it started for you as like a way to connect to your boyfriend, yes. um, was that, at first I understood the story to kind of mean, um, you know, like in that moment while you're on the phone with the state trooper, like something happened. But it sounds like it was more like you dove into a studying path. You were like seeking out right. answers on your own. 
That's exactly what it was. It was, I was seeking out answers. And I, I, after I hung up with the state trooper and he told me the information that Nick had passed, it's almost like your whole life flashes before your eyes. And I started to see these scenes of things that we were supposed to do that we didn't get to do right when I was on the phone with him, when he was telling me, I'm like, no, this isn't happening. This can't be no, no, no. Like I could go to the hospital and, and pray for him. And he's like, no, he passed. Um, but after that, that's when I had a visitation from him. It was that week. Um, he came to me in a visitation and, and I saw him at one point at the foot of my bed. And then at another point he said, um, Another experience was, I, you're not going to see me for a while, but I'm still going to be around you. And I remember this communication was through like telepathic communication, where mm -hmm. I saw him, I felt him um, in this visitation. But when I tried to beg and get more information, it was like, that was it. That's what he was telling me. And then I started to recognize um, and feel his presence too in between all of this. And that's when I thought, well, I want to do some more um, research on this and how to get more information about how I can connect with him. And then I, I was watching Life Among the Dead. I'm not sure if you've heard of that show, but Lisa Williams. Oh, it yes, was kind yes. of like, do you know that? It's sort of like Long Island Medium, but it, Lisa's show was first. And I would watch her show every second I had and realize that there was really, truly life beyond what we could see too. That's so interesting. So did you go into some type of um, like formal course, kind of like the one that you teach now, or did you yeah. just do it on your own? Well, I started, I did uncover it with communicate by communicating with Nick and then people were hearing about that I was doing this. And so I would do it for friends of friends or, or family of friends that I had. And then I thought, well, I want to get more information about how I can go deeper with this and figure out, like, is this really happening? And that's when I actually took a class with Lisa Williams, and I got certified by Lisa. Um, but over the years, I've studied with Lisa Williams, Mavis Patilla. She's a medium. She's, she's about 80 years old now. She's been doing this since, oh gosh, she's been doing this for a while. Um, so she's one of my mentors also. But I continue to learn and study and practice because you really do have to continue to practice with this ability to go deeper and kind of push yourself beyond what you might be used to. So for me, I'm an evidential medium where I get evidence that past loved ones are there. It's not like, okay, your mom's around you. She loves you. There's more to it. You know, sometimes professions come up, sometimes names or memories that came through um, with you and the person that's coming through. So that took a lot of um, studying to figure out how can I go deeper. So it was a process of unfoldment of, of this whole thing, but it started with the communication with Nick. And I started to do these things, you know, automatic writing and writing in a journal and having him come through my writing. So there was just different things that were happening. Got it. Okay. Yeah. There was a moment just now where um, I had a surprise moment and then it sparked a question. So I'm going to explain to you what happened. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you, said, um, you said something where you emphasized the word with you and I paused and I held my breath for a second and I was like, what is she about to say? <laughs> I was like, I hope no one's showing up in the middle oh, of our podcast because so I don't have time for that. 
Um, <laughs> no, I didn't try to tune in. <laughs> and so then it, it kind of sparked this question of, um, you know, I think people uh, meet mediums or they hear about mediums uh, for the first time and they feel like it's something that's just constantly happening in your life. Yeah. Kind of like, um, you know, the Whoopi Goldberg in mm-hmm. Ghost kind of, okay, okay, like I can't keep up. Yes. Is that something that you find is, or maybe was true for you at some point? So this is a good question because this is like such a question that always comes up for me. I feel like at the beginning, I secretly in the back of my mind without even knowing it, I really wanted those things to happen all the time. I wanted to be open to receive because it was almost like I was testing it out. Like, is this really happening? So Mm -hmm. I would get information about people. I remember one time I went out to a bar with some friends and we got done with the bar and we went to a pizza place that we normally went to. And when we were about to leave the pizza place, I said to my friend, oh my gosh, I have to go back up to the cashier. And she's like, why? I'm like, because I just got a message for her and I need to go tell her. I'll be right back. I'm like, you can either come with me or, and I went up to the cashier and told her information about her things that were happening in her life that she needed to be reassured about. And luckily I got a good response from her and it wasn't like an angry response that I was overstepping my boundaries and tuning into what was around her. Um, But at the very beginning stages of this whole thing, I really was open, but I was almost searching to get validation, I think, for myself, knowing that, okay, I can get something that's coming up, but also... I wanted to help people at the time too, because I knew what it felt like to be in pain. So I know this is the long answer, but really I think at the beginning stages, we as humans may be so open where we want to get this, but now I definitely don't do that. I'm totally shut off. It's like a light switch. The only time I open up is right when I'm about to do a reading or if something comes up where I'm talking to a friend and they're talking about a past loved one and they want me to tune into something, I'll say, okay, is it okay if I open up and see who's around? But it is like a light switch for me now. But at the beginning stages, I realized that it was really my choice to open up what, like I did. So you're just running around, turning on all the switches wherever you could find them. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's funny because at the time, I didn't know what, what I was doing. But when students come to me, they're like, I can't shut it off. I'm like, yes, you can. You can shut it off. But you really it's fun for you to practice. So you're opening up, but really it doesn't have to be like that. Mm. One of the things that you said about your example with the cashier was um, that you had picked up on what was kind of going on in her life. Yes. Doesn't sound to me like you necessarily picked up on a past loved one or like necessarily someone trying to come through. Is that correct? Right. With her, I remember going up to her and saying something, I guess, She was older. She was, I don't know how old she was at the time. I mean, if I had to guess, she could have been like 30, but I kept on getting, it's okay to go back to school. Like it will work out. The money will come. It will be fine. And after it, that was more intuitive. But after I left there, um, a, the pizza guy, actually, it must've been some sort of loved one that was coming through because I remember the pizza guy that owned the place came out after and said, I need to talk to you. And I was really concerned because I thought I was in trouble for doing that (laughs) for some reason. He said, can you connect in with my mom? She passed. So for him to say that, I must've 
connected in with one of her loved ones and got that info too, which is two different things when you just connect in with their energy and get future stuff. That's more of a psychic or intuitive reading. But if the loved one's coming through first and telling me different information about them and then giving that info, it could be them being around giving that guidance too. So if the pizza guy came out after and asked me to connect him with their loved one, then I must have said something to the cash register girl about her loved one too, because I gave him a, re- a mediumship <laughs> reading. Perfect. So. And that actually answered my question um, that I wanted to ask was, um, you know, I, I don't know if everyone understands or if every listener will understand the difference between a psychic reading and a mediumship reading. Right. Um, so if you, uh, you kind of just did, but if you had to clarify the difference between the two. Okay. So that's a good one. So if it's a psychic or intuitive reading, I consider them the same thing, psychic, intuitive. I think that they're just words, you know, I, (laughs) yeah, you think the same thing. Um, so that's more connecting in with the person's soul, like their energy, future stuff. I'll see past, present, and future. Um, I always say that there's always other, there's two different paths. It's not like I can tell you what to do, but I can show you, tell you what I'm seeing. Um, but then when it comes to a mediumship reading, you're connecting in with the past loved one. So they'll come through with information about their life, who they were when they were here, um, proof that they're around the person receiving the reading, um, and then even memories that have come up with them. And a lot of people think, oh my gosh, I'm afraid for my loved one to come through because I don't want them to be upset with me for something that I did when they were alive and they're never upset with you. They always see the bigger picture and it's really a beautiful experience with the mediumship readings too. Uh, So I have kind of a tough question and it is, do you ever find that there are people specifically looking to speak to one person and that that person is not interested in speaking up? Okay, so this is a good question. So I do find that people are set on one person. Um, Sometimes what I notice when I'm doing readings, and I did not notice this at first, and it took me a a few years to figure this problem out that I was having. I'd always focus on getting them their one person without them telling me who passed. And sometimes they'll say, well, I'm surprised that he came through and not this person. You know, this person didn't come through. What I realized was is sometimes they were melding, coming forward, just say a father and a grandfather, and pretend that they wanted to hear from their dad, but the grandpa was coming through first. Um, And I just thought that that one person was coming through. All of a sudden, as I would be doing the reading, they'd say, wait, now it seems like you're connecting in with someone else that I want to connect in with, but it's half of him and half of another person. I never realized that the whole entire time they always travel in groups. But as mediums, we may not be picking up on every single one of them because we're not aware that they're right around the person that's receiving the reading. So I find that what I've noticed is they always travel in groups. They're always around. But us as mediums, we might not pick them up all the time. So now that I've been aware of them traveling in groups, I notice that they're, it's usually easy to get to them all, you know. Um, and I shouldn't say all, cause sometimes it could be a big group, but the main <laughs> person I'm aware of, okay, there's someone else that's here. And I usually check in, I find myself checking in like maybe I would say about 10 to 15 minutes in 
as I'm giving the mediumship reading, I'll say, is this the person that you were hoping to connect in with? And they'll say, yeah, that's who I wanted to connect in with. Or they'll say, I do want to hear from them, but there was someone else also. And then I'll open up a little bit more and see what, who else is there to tune mm. into them too. That's kind of just like fine tuning a dial to like yes. radio station. Like what they're both coming in kind of a little exactly. mix and maybe you hear this sentence and that sentence. But when you know what number you're looking for, it's like, all right, here we go. Exactly. That's so true. And it's funny because you can actually sense when I'm doing the readings, I do a lot of phone readings. Um, I do in-person events to audience events and then in-person private readings. But when I'm doing the phone readings, I'll be sitting in a chair or sometimes I like to pace around um, and I will look in front of me and imagine how many people are standing there in line. And I'll actually say, okay, I'm just going to take a moment. I'm going to start with the person in the back and I'll say that out loud and it actually helps me. It helps the person receiving the reading understand what's happening too. And then I could separate them and I'll know, okay, now that person's moving aside and I'm going to connect in with another person. So it's like sorting them out loud is, is really a good thing that's helped me over time. That's really interesting because it wasn't until you mentioned them kind of standing in different parts of the room that I considered the visual aspect of it. So would you say that you're more clairvoyant, clairaudient? What world do you tend to live in? Or maybe you don't know. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. Actually, at the very beginning, I was strictly seeing more clairvoyant type visions. So I would see things in my mind's eye, um, or I would get a lot of symbols at the beginning stages of all of this. And what I recognized was that was good for me at the beginning, but over time, I've been using clear sentience, like that feeling mixed with the clairvoyance. Um, so I'll feel something and then I'll see it at the same time. And then I've noticed clear audience strengthen. So I find that when I'm doing group readings, I'll hear um, different phrases. And this happens during private readings too. But in group readings, with the audience readings, it could be like phrases that they've used or names that will come up. So that could come up in both settings. But I think the audience readings actually help me with that too. Mm, that definitely makes sense. And I'm glad that you're talking about audience readings because I immediately, once you said that you picture them or like you kind of place yes. them in a space, I thought, you know, a one-on-one reading, I get that. But man, mm-hmm. what that must look like when you're standing in front of an audience. Oh, I know. To just I like, know. If they travel in groups and you're already in front yeah. of an audience, that is a big audience. Exactly. Uh, do you find that it's more difficult to do one or the other, either audience or um, in-person reading, readings? It's funny because I find, you'd think it would be opposite, but I find the audience readings feel most of the time easier. Because there's so much energy from the actual audience members. They hold an energetic space there too. It's like they're lifting up the energy in the room just by being there. And you also, when you're doing the audience readings, it's not like I'm giving everyone a 30 or 50 minute reading. It's usually quick readings that are about, if I had to estimate about 10 minutes each. So you have to be pretty quick. Um, 
in a way because you have to move along because then everyone will be really bored if you do a 20 minute reading for someone in the audience it will look like a private reading so being quick and on your toes like that you don't have time to really think about things you just have to you know spit it out get the information out there so i find that that actually goes by quicker for me i think that you know when i'm doing that and then the private readings I feel like there's some private readings that are just like audience readings, even if they're 30 or 50 minute readings, but um, some of them feel different. I think every reading is different too. Well, yeah. I mean, that, I certainly understand that. I think Yeah, you get you, the readings are as different as the people you're in front of. <laughs> yes, that's so true. That's really interesting. So one of the other things that you've mentioned a few times is kind of the difference between where you started and where you are now. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. First off, do you mind me asking how roughly how long you've been um, doing readings now? Yeah. So when I first started, it was in 2007 because I was wow. connecting with Nick then. So he passed August 21st, 2007. Now, the weird thing is, is before he passed, um, just before he passed, I said to him, it's really weird. I'm feeling like your mother's around. And I never, my grandfather had passed away before when I was in high school. So, you know, that's something I'd pray to my grandpa and stuff like that. But I said, I'm really kind of scared. He's like, why are you scared? It's probably your grandpa. I'm like, no, I don't know why. I feel like your mom's around us because his mom had passed. So I didn't put it together until after he passed that I was sensing that feeling of someone being around us. Um, so I, so Nick and I were really into the law of attraction, actually. Like we just started getting into the law of attraction, into mm-hmm. energy, and then he passed away. So really starting the readings was in 2007 because it was connecting in with him. Um, and this is just like one small sliver of the story. There's so much more to it. But I actually, I went to a, a medium. Um, a medium kind of came up out of nowhere. I said a prayer to Nick and said, okay, if you're around me, send me a medium. And I would say these things to him, send me this if you're around. And he sent a medium to me through a friend. Um, And that was the confirmation for me. When I started to get the confirmation from that medium, I thought, okay, I'm not going crazy. I knew deep down inside I was connecting with Nick, but it just confirmed it. And I think that was when things ignited for other people too. Because I knew that I wasn't just making it up. There was more to this. So it was since then, but I, I didn't start charging for my readings until later. So I really started giving readings, um, free readings and kind of doing Reiki and receiving Reiki and getting intuitive information and mediumistic information around, you know, it was a process to yeah. it. I think that that is absolutely valid that you say 2007, because I think a lot of people assume that mm-hmm. people are like, all right, I'm a medium now. And they just start right. readings. But that is a very yeah. intense, it's probably the most intense part of the intuitive process for a yeah. um, spiritual business person. Because at the end of the mm-hmm. day, it is a business. Um, yeah. That's an important part of the work. And if anything, that's what people are paying for, if you don't mind me saying that. Yes. You yeah. put in the work and your time is worth it. So, <laughs> yes, it's true. It's, you claim in, that 2007. it's an investment. Yeah, it's so true. And it's funny at the beginning, I, and I talk about this with my business students too, at the very beginning, I thought, oh, I would never charge for a reading. 
I won't do it at all. And then it went to, okay, maybe I'll accept donations for readings. And then I thought, okay, maybe I'll accept this amount of payment. And at the beginning, I was feeling this back and forth in my head, like, should I be charging people? And what I started to realize was, you know, people that are musicians, they're having fun on stage, playing music or singing, they're getting paid for their time and energy. And in order for me to help people and travel and work with students from all over, I would have had to receive this energy exchange. And it's a good thing. It's like, it's needed. We need to charge for this ability. And that was actually something that I love teaching my little third graders, but my heart was pulling me out. And that's why I'm able to do what I'm doing. And, and I left the full-time teaching because you can't do, you can't do everything. You know, you have to, you can't do it for free. It's like, right. you have to have that energy exchange. Well, I don't think that you've left teaching at all because from what I understand you've just transferred that teaching into a new world um which is why I wanted to talk about kind of how you mentioned where you were versus where you are now because I know Mm -hmm. that you're now teaching other people based on where you were and where you are now like how to do it can you talk about that a little bit sure I absolutely teaching is my passion I love it so much um So it started with me mentoring students on intuition. And then all of a sudden I realized that they all had similar things come up with intuition. And I thought, well, I could create a class out of this. So I created an online course and that was the Unlock Your Intuition course. And then what I recognized was those same people were getting information from the spirit realm. And then I thought, okay, I need to do a mentorship around the mediumship. And I created a course and a mentorship and it's called Unlock Your Inner Medium. And there's two levels to it. And each thing actually morphed into something else. It started off as one level and then I put it into two levels. So there's one called the foundation level and then one called the next level. And then everyone kept coming to me for business advice, my medium friends and my medium students. And they were saying, how can I do this? How can I? And then finally, I created the the Psychic Medium Online Business Program. So these kind of things for me, I love doing because it doesn't matter where anyone is in the world, I could teach them. So with my mentorships and the videos and classes that kind of come along with that, that's something that's a couple of times, a few times a year. And then the intuition program in the business program is self-study so they can sign up whenever they want to. That's so cool. So you actually don't just dive into, okay, here's the full thing you start. It sounds like if I understood correctly, you Mm -hmm. kind of start with intuition and then there's also the mediumship and then beyond that you get into business as well. Yes. And there there are actually four separate courses so they can choose. Some people are like, I don't, I've never done mediumship before but I'm intrigued with it. And that would be like the unlock your inner medium, the foundation course. So it's funny because all my students, they've gone through probably every course that I have that <laughs> because they start on one space and they're like, I just want to learn about intuition. And then it leads them somehow, even if it's like a year later, all of a sudden they think, well, maybe I'm intrigued by mediumship. So you know how your heart kind of guides you through different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and another thing that's really important to me too, because I feel like with this field, support is so important yes. because, you know, there's so many, 
it's interesting because it's, it's supposed to be a community like connecting in with like love, you know, spirituality and love. And of course we're humans. So we're living this human life, but I think support is so important in this work because it could be really lonely. So I created a community for mediums where it's the membership community. It's not classes. It's more like it's a support group for mediums. Um, and it, well, it is classes. It's like a monthly um, thing where I'll have a certain class that they can learn from, but also ask questions and just have a space where you can have positive support because that's so needed. Yes, it absolutely is. I think especially to kind of going back to the idea of um, needing that evidence or that um, support, I guess, is a good word for it. There's another word I'm searching for where it's just like, you're not alone. This is very valid. This is a, a true path. It exists. Other people are experiencing the same thing. I think that's important. Yeah. Um, because no matter how many people you meet that are intuitive or psychic, I, I think there's always a part of you that's like, I know, I know. It sounds a little crazy. <laughs> but I promise it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, you go through these stages of the, the experience and then, you know, putting yourself out there and being seen is not always an overnight process either. I mean, I feel like just having that support of, of saying, okay, I'm going to post this. I'm scared, but I'm going to, I'm going to make my first video. You know, my students will say, I'm going to do my first Facebook live because that you kind of forget these things. I remember at the beginning, I'm a natural introvert. I used to have a, a photo of a yellow flower as my profile picture on Facebook. And I called myself love energy. It wasn't even Lindsay Marino. So it's like, there's been a process to this, but to have that support is so important. Yeah, I definitely understand that. I, I'm interested to ask because I'm still going back to this idea of like, now you teach mediumship and you said yeah. some students come back to you, you know, like a year later and then they're like, and maybe I'm going to try mediumship now. And I'm yes. over here thinking, I've been doing intuitive work for seven years now. And yeah. I am just now starting to get that inkling of like, mm, maybe I'll try mediumship. <laughs> um, so I do love you, that. <laughs> do you think that there's uh, like a certain thing that comes up for people? Or do you think that there's any appropriate moment for them to start? Or you think yeah. it's kind of, if you're interested, you're interested? Yeah, that's a really good question. Actually, I find myself sometimes going back and forth with that intro, that mediumship intro class. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't even call it an intro because some people that are intermediate are in there too, but the foundation class mm -hmm. where they're trying to kind of get more interest. They're trying to figure out, am I supposed to be doing this? Right. They, when we go back and forth on email, the big thing that they say is, I don't know why but I feel intrigued by mediumship. I don't know if I want to do it for a living, but I feel like I always get intuitive info um, and maybe like little mini things come up and I feel like the spirit realm could be around me, but I don't know how to organize it or it's just a feeling of interest. Whenever I see that, I always say this is, you have to let your heart guide you. I can't um, tell them what to do. <laughs> But I usually say, if you're feeling intrigued and you're interested, that's actually the space, like that's the, the space that people end up joining just to try it out, to experience it right. and see if it's something that it's for them. But it, that actually is like the, I feel like the number one sign for me too, because I'm like, wait, what am I doing? Why am I signing up for a mediumship course? Do I even want to do this work? 
I wanted to give people readings, didn't know what I was doing, but my main reason was to connect in with Nick. And that's kind of, I just followed the little breadcrumbs that led me on the path. So I think not looking too further ahead into the future, but just trusting that feeling. Mm -hmm. I think that's the big thing. Um, starting there is the, the biggest thing. So there's no huge sign that you need, but if you feel intrigued by it, follow that feeling. Do you think that uh, a lot of people have a similar, or do you find that a lot of people have a similar story to you in that maybe mediumship comes up specifically because they're searching for confirmation from a loved one? Yeah, actually, there was a mix of students that I've had that they lost a loved one and they wanted to connect in with them or they felt like there was something more that they wanted to tune in to. Um, that's one thing that comes up. And then I noticed some Reiki practitioners or even psychics would come to me, um, some hairdressers and massage therapists, and they would be working on a client or, and then all of a sudden they felt like they knew something that was beyond mm. just, you know, a conversation or intuition. It was like, there was something more, but there's usually like an unsure feeling like, is this the right level for me? Am I going to be behind before I start that kind of question those questions come up but I find that that's the big thing that that comes through that's really interesting that you would specifically point out some of the fields that you did because I feel like I have a lot of clients in those fields who say well you know sometimes when I'm doing this or I'm doing that this comes up and it's the same group of people it's uh it's hairdressers it's massage therapists it's people who are really in your space even maybe if you don't yes. mean to get into emotional things like no one goes to their hairdresser for a, a chat session. <laughs> yeah. they, you know what I mean uh yes but it ends up happening and so it's interesting that um you're saying that the, the people that come through your course are people who somehow are already in that field yeah. or had that calling to like I want to work with people for some reason exactly yeah or nurses like that's a common one mm. they come through I've actually had like three or four students that worked in the funeral home that have come through. Like one of them um, dealt with um, selling gravestones. She was in, I don't know if it was sales exactly, um, but she's one of my students. She's been on the retreat and all the courses and she left her job, her full-time job doing funeral home stuff to do this work. And then another one um, was a funeral director. And another one worked directly in the funeral home too. So it's funny how there's little subgroups that have come through and it's so interesting how everything's connected, but it is, it is those people that are closely linked with communicating and helping others. Mm. Do you think that it's important for someone um, who is maybe traveling down that path or who has that interest? Do you think that it's important for them to experience a mediumship reading before they dive in for themselves? That's actually a good question. I feel like there's been, ha- I don't think they have to, um, but if they want to, if they feel guided to, then they, it could benefit them because they could think of, okay, this is what it could look like. So I've had some students that would get a mediumship reading beforehand and then other people wouldn't, but they still came in to the class. 
But I think that's a good, a good point because it's something to experience. Yeah. I only ask because, um, like I said, I mean, I've been doing my own intuitive work for several years now. And yeah. um, if I'm honest, mediumship readings are the one field that I haven't been <laughs> like, I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it. Right. Gonna let someone <laughs> do a reading for me. Um, and as yes. you're talking about it, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, after this call, I'm going to go on Lindsay's yeah. website. I'm going to reading. I love it. Because it's just interesting. I, like, I know in my work I've had, for example, like uh, my grandfather show up. And so, yeah. but that's just so private and personal when it's your own thing. And so yes. for someone like me, I'd be like, oh yeah, well, I could, you know, explore the world of mediumship. It's interesting to me. I could potentially go on that path. But then I kind of feel like, mm, but I've never had a reading. So is it okay for me to offer mediumship to someone when I myself have not opened myself to receive? Yeah, I know what you're saying. From. That makes so much sense. And it's funny because as you're saying this, it's reminding me of the beginning part of this journey where I felt safer, I'm putting in quotes, to <laughs> just say that I was giving intuitive guidance because I wasn't even sure if I was doing like a, a good service to give this mediumship reading. So I'm like, am I covering everything, you know? So it was safer for me to give the intuitive guidance. And then if a loved one popped in, it would be less pressure because it was called intuitive guidance. Mm -hmm. And then it wasn't until Lisa's class where after I took her class, I'm like, okay, I've practiced the mediumship reading. Now I'm offering the, the now I know how to offer it. So I think that anything that makes you feel you know, wherever you feel guided, there's a reason that it's coming up. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Okay. Well, I will definitely, um, I will definitely be booking that. So watch out for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. Uh, I, one other thing that I wanted to ask you is like, if someone wanted to explore this world, what would you say is, I know you kind of said like, follow your, the breadcrumbs or go where you're followed, but is there any one place that you yeah. think people should start if they're interested in mediumship? Yes, I would say if you're interested in mediumship, I know there's tons of, you know, YouTube, everything's on YouTube now, um, <laughs> YouTube videos, but also like go with someone that you trust too. If you're, if you're learning things, you are going to learn different ways of doing things. That's mm -hmm. the one thing I'll say is, and figure out what resonates with you. So something that might've resonated with me in 2007 might not resonate with me now. You know, something that I would have shared with a student in 2013 may be different than what I share now. So find out what, what, where your heart is guiding you when it comes to where you're learning from. So wow. kind of do your research on YouTube. Then also, um, there's different books that you could read too. Now, the funny thing for me, I actually read near-death experience books. I didn't read any mediumship books really. Um, there was one mediumship book, actually. It was called We Are Their Heaven, and it was stories of mediumship readings in that book, and it built faith up in me that there was more to what we can see with the human eye. The other book that's like more of a question and answer what happens when we die, that kind of thing, is by Lisa Williams, and it's called Survival of the Soul. Um, so that's something that you can kind of learn more about that. And I would say, even if you did like an introduction workshop or how to connect with past loved ones and kind of play with things that you feel drawn to, but there are tons of resources out there. And I have some, 
stuff that's um, going to be put back up on my website. A lot of like free webinars too. Okay. And I know you currently have, um, for maybe people who have already experienced mediumship, they're already in that field. You have a, um, a free video series about like psychic business. Is that correct? Yes, I do. That's up uh, online also. Okay, cool. Cause I will, again, I personally recommend that everyone check <laughs> out Lindsay's everything. If it's available, thank you. Out. Um, because honestly <laughs> you've been one of the reasons that I just keep coming back to it. Like I think about it and I'm like, okay, yeah. maybe I'm going to try mediumship. And then lo and behold, you release a podcast episode that day, or I like <laughs> see a random post that Instagram decided to show me three days late or something. Um, oh, like, I love right. when that stuff happens. There she is just popping up again <laughs> again every time I think about mediumship. Um, That's the best. So if people wanted to get to know you better or become your new best friend, what would be the best way for them to keep in contact with you? Okay. So I will say my website first is lindsaymarino.com. And if they go on there, there will be a pop-up where you can enter your name and email. And I send out emails about once a month with any upcoming events and classes and just like a little, um, a message that's, some sort of lesson in the message that I send out. And then also I am, I spend time on Facebook and Instagram. So Lindsay Marino medium for Instagram and then Lindsay Marino for Facebook. Perfect. Okay. That sounds great. And before I let you go, I love to ask every guest um, if you have to share a, um, a piece of advice, whether it be specifically about intuitive guidance or just life in general, like what is one piece of advice that has always stuck with you that you'd like to share with others? Oh, that's a good question. Let me think about that. (laughs) Um, I would say to follow what your soul wants, because usually if we try to kind of follow what everyone else is wanting for us, it's usually connected to their fears or their insecurities. So don't play it safe really go exactly where you want to go, even if it feels like it's out of the box and it goes against what everyone else is saying or doing. I've noticed when I do that, people are like, why is she doing it that way? And then later they're like, okay, teach me how to do it that way. And I think that's a big thing is to follow that feeling with you because you're yourself and, and, and that's a big thing is to be yourself and follow that, that nudge. I love that. That is absolutely perfect. I needed that today. Thank you. Oh, (laughs) oh, good. I'm so glad it came at the perfect time too. I'm so excited to share that with everybody. But um, I am going to go ahead and let you enjoy your night. I hope that you've received as much beautiful healing through this moment as I have. And I hope to talk to you soon. Thank you so much. I love talking with you. (laughs) Thank you. All right, all right. That was my conversation with Lindsay Marino. Thank you again, Lindsay, for sharing your story and for doing the healing work that you do. The world needs more people like you. Speaking of, if you would like to take a class with Lindsay to learn what she does, I would highly recommend you do so. Let's not forget that her original passion is teaching, so you are definitely going to get an education. To work with Lindsay, you can find her on social media under at Lindsay Marino Medium, 
and you can also check out all of the links that I've included in the show notes below. She has some ongoing courses that you can join at any time, as well as some that have limited seating, so make sure that you grab a spot before they're gone. While you're out there clicking around on the internet, take some time to follow me on Instagram at The Diviner Life. As I mentioned before, new things are coming very, very soon in season three, which is just a few weeks away. So to learn how to become a supporting patron of the show and to get access to this special new content, check out thedivinerlife.com slash podcast. Thank you for listening. Remember to share with your friends, your fellow psychics, your third grade teacher, or whoever else you come in contact with today. Don't forget that I love you. I appreciate you. And until next time, be true, be you, be ominous.